0: 3 2 1 You are now listening to The Heartbeat Show Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tim Hart, branch manager of Van Dyke Mortgage here in Fort Myers. Welcome to an episode of the Heartbeat Show podcast. Appreciate being with us today. Today, I got my cuz on here. What's up, cuz? Kevin. <laughs> what's up, cuz? How you
1: doing? <laughs> we're already over talking each other. How you doing, man? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna wind up doing that. We're both talkers, so I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just got off work. Good, man. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it.
0: Thank
1: you. Oh, thanks Uh, for having me. I'm actually pretty
0: excited. Yeah. Cool, man. It'll it'll be fun. So um, let me set it real quick for you, though, if you're listening out there. And, um, you know, my cousin, Kevin, uh, younger than me and um, taller than me, but younger than me. Um, But you went through some hard times, man, um, a few years ago back a little further back in a few years, but um, talking, you know, addiction, depression, um, things that, you know, you were in a bad spot. We're going to hear about it from you. But the reason why I thought it'd be really cool for you to come on, one is to share your testimonial to that, you know, people can do it. You know, they can overcome this, what you were going through. And because I see it, especially on social media, man, I see people, struggling and you hear about their son or their daughter, or their mom or dad, you know, friends struggling with pills or, you know, any kind of addiction that's out there like that. And so, um, and I know you went through it and I know you're pretty open about it. And so we're going to hear about you and also teen challenge, right. And what they've done for you as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. for so, sure.
1: Kevin, well, let's uh go ahead, buddy. All right. Um, I think it's important. I, I never, uh, like I wasn't like raised an addict. I wasn't an addict for um, you know. Like I was just kind of a normal person. Uh, I went uh, went to church. I was really heavily involved with my church and uh, went and, uh, and and served there for many years. And just and, and worked. And I I call it my. Got married. Was about ready to have a kid. And I call it my uh, like bad country song, you know. It was with over a two-year period. Um, my my mom died, my dog died. I lost uh, my family. My wife and I broke broke up, broken marriage. And during a time I'm just trying to figure out how to cope with all that and just the emptiness of um, just being alone, you know, and not not knowing I I didn't have a lot of friends that went through a divorce. I mean, I was raised with no dad and I promised myself I would never do that. Like I never wanted to be a divorce, you know, and I'm, nobody goes in to a marriage wanting a divorce, but right. that was something that was very important to me. You know, just figure it out, work, you know, and then all of a sudden I, I find, you know, all your hopes and dreams are kind of just shattered and not having my wife and not having my daughter at home was absolutely broke me to my core. And the way I described it is, you know, it's like, Tim, you have, you have a wife and you have three kids. And I'm sure as soon as you walk in the door, there's a bustle of energy and everybody's talking and everybody's happy. And, and that's the way it was every day when I'd come home mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you come home and it, it, it's gone. And it hurt. It hurt a lot, and it was during this time that I knew, because you know, you hear the stories of people that uh, they they drink too much or they start going a little overboard once they start going through a divorce. And so I knew I was like, oh, I can't. I don't want to party too hard. I don't want to do this. You know, I got to pull myself together. You know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, and maybe I just need to work more. So I start trying to work more. Maybe I need to do this or that, but coming home and just being alone. And, and I described it as coming and staring at a wall. Uh, as soon as I, my foot would hit the door, I would sit down and I would just stare at the TV and I tried to watch TV and, you know, I couldn't watch TV. It was nothing on, you know, that would do anything. And so then I would try to play a video game. I play five minutes until finally where I would just shut everything off and just sit there and do nothing till Finally, I was like, well, I just, if I'm not doing anything, I might as well drink, you know? So then I would go to the gas station and pick up, you know, a couple beers, sit down and start drinking. And I was able to get to sleep. And during this time I started having, you know, night terrors where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and just anxiety, you know, I separation anxiety and not knowing how to deal with that, you know, and, um, I think your yeah, your mom kept on trying to get me, and Claudia kept on trying to get me to talk to somebody. You know, you need to go to see a psychiatrist, or just you need to talk to somebody. And my point was, well, I know what they're going to say. Why do I got to go? You know, and I just felt so alone. And so then I knew I was like, well, I can only if I only drink three days a week, then I you know then it'd be okay because it's only three days a week. So I would muscle muscle through you know, every other day, muscle through. And then, uh, not to get too much into it, but then something had happened where, uh, I knew for a shadow of a doubt, we weren't getting back together. And it just, that broke me. And at that time, it's like, well, I just, this, this is pointless now. You know, I wanted to because die. You
0: were kind of like holding out hope. that it was, going Yeah.
1: To yeah. I was holding out hope. I would try to, uh, you know, so let's, let's go to counseling. Let's maybe it's just a weird phase, you know, that marriages go through. Uh, so yeah, I was definitely, definitely trying to hold out hope and, you know, so that just broke me. So then all of a sudden I would get home depressed, go get beer, get home. And that, that started for a couple of weeks. Well, then all of a sudden, well, if I'm just going to, if I'm just going to go home and then leave again to get beer, I might as well get the beer on the way home. And then it was, well, if I'm just going to get the beer on the way home, I might as well drink one on my way home. And then it was, well, if I'm already, and this is a, you know, over a period of time, I got to the point where I'd wake up, and the, and as soon as I wake up and start drinking, and even if you had to go to work, even if I had to go to work, yeah, yeah, and knowing that it's like this is not good, this is this is what you call a downward spiral. Like this is it. And I'm watching it real time, not knowing what to do, not know how to get out of it and scared, man, just scared and lonely and shameful. Cause like all of a sudden now I used to be this good Christian, you know, good Christian guy, the happy go lucky. Ha ha ha. And all of a sudden now I'm drinking every day. Right. And it's like, who do I talk to at that point? You know, all my friends, like, and I'm still trying to hold this facade. Like some of my friends knew I was depressed, but they didn't know, to the extent, because I would be around them and still try to force myself. But then as soon as I go home, it became my prison. And um, it just kept on – I kept on getting worse. I don't want to be a dead horse, but it was just really bad. (laughs) I got you. Yeah, I became – started becoming suicidal. And at the end of it all, I lost – even when my mom passed away, I inherited – my sister and I inherited her house. And during that time, because I became such a wreck, I stopped paying the bills on it and I lost my mom's house and, and I just, just everything. And it ended up to the point where I was living in a one bedroom efficiency style trailer. And this is over a two year period of time where I was paying $250 a week for, cause it was like one of those pay weekly motel things. And just alone, man. And go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say
0: so like what, what's so the point where you are you're, you're at now, like how long did that how long did that take? How long that downward spiral? Like from the point where you're like, Hey, I'm just gonna go out and get a few beers and then then that just kept building and building and building till all of a sudden you're losing your house and mm-hmm. living. It in was,
1: the- yeah, it was over a six month period. So six, six
0: dude, that's not that long.
1: No, no, it was about a six months to a year period. And okay. it, was, it was relatively quick. Um, at about six, at about a six month mark, I couldn't not drink, you know, um, at the six month mark, I actually got kicked out of, I knew I was losing the house and didn't have a car. And then about a the year period, of thought that's whenever I got kicked out of my mom's house, it was actually foreclosed on. And that's whenever I was staying, I would stay with a couple friends here and there, and I still have a, you know, a little daughter at the time. She was one years old, and still trying to do that, and still trying to manage, you know, an ex-wife now and and work. I'm still working at this time, and it just progressively. So, then I went through a period of, I mean, it's pretty much a binge already but there was a good six month period towards the end there where I would wake up. Um, they're called steel reserves. They're a high gravity alcohol. It's uh, they're like 8% alcohol and they're like a tall boy. I would drink one to two when I woke up on the way to work and I get to work. And then I would go to uh, around eight o'clock, I'd get breakfast for the guys and at the gas station and I pick up four more. And then I would drink four of those between 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. At 12 o'clock, i go back, get another four-pack. i drink four more of those between 12 and 4. And then on the way home, I would pick up a half-gallon a half of vodka, and I would drink half of it. So a quarter of a gallon of vodka a night was my normal. And so that's not hanging out with anybody. That's not anything extra. It was uh, about 10 beers. 10 high, uh, high alcohol beers and then a quarter gallon of vodka a day. Damn. And that was daily? That was daily. That was my normal. Um, that was just every day. And during this time, too, is because I still hung out with friends. I still played softball. I was still trying to do this facade that is that I'm normal, that I would force myself to eat, you know? So I started gaining and ballooning weight, too, because I didn't want anybody to know anything was wrong. Sometimes people would smell alcohol on me. Well, that's just from the night before I would tell them. Right. You know, I would smoke cigarettes to kind of mask it or chew gum. I started taking a bunch of Adderall during this time too. And that was my, that was great for me during that time because then Adderall would wake me up. So like one eye would be closed from the alcohol and the other eye would be wide open and I would, you know, and still suicidal. I remember I was driving to work um, every day, and here's my plan, because I had a plan, this was my reality, is that, you know, the bridge on I-75 the, uh, that goes between North Fort Myers and Fort Myers, the I-75 bridge there that, mm-hmm. that goes over the water. I would drive to and from there, back and forth to work. And every morning I would think, well, is this the day? Is this the day I do it? Where I was just going to, I was going to drive as fast as I can. And then just turned a wheel really quickly to try to drive myself off the bridge so that it wouldn't look like a suicide. Because I didn't want my daughter to know I committed suicide. I didn't want her to, as she got older, to ask questions, you know. And uh, that was every day. I stopped taking showers. I stopped brushing my teeth. I would go weeks without taking showers. I go weeks without brushing my teeth. And, you know, there were certain days where I wouldn't have power in the house because I just wouldn't pay it and it was bad you know so that progressed I started I started noticing my body started acting funny you know I would wake up in the middle of the night with chest pains I started noticing also like in pictures my skin started turning red if you look at any of my older pictures they're uh, during that time and I started just feeling hot all the time. Well, yeah, my body was shutting down. I was, I was drinking a lot. And it was during the hurricane, uh, during a- Irma? Yeah, Irma, during Irma. I, you know, I had already gone through like a year and a half, two year bench here, but I really hit it hard during that time and drinking a lot. And that whole- entire time is fuzzy to me. And I woke up, i never forget, I was about ready to get fired I was about ready to. I hadn't gotten fired yet because I was hiding it, but they could tell I had lost a huge account and I I woke up my first day back to work after the hurricane and I looked down at my daughter and she had the worst diaper rash I had ever, she had ever had. And I, I realized it was my fault. You know, I had passed out the night before and she had poopy diapers and she was asleep but she had poopy diapers and I realized and and that moment of clarity, you know, they always say like a rock bottom moment. Uh, It's a moment of clarity of what the heck am I doing? I'm looking around going, Oh no, I gotta do something now. And it has to be drastic and I can't go back to this. And so I called up my boss. And I'm crying. <laughs> Remember, he's a, you know we're electricians. So day day we're first day work back to her hur- after the hurricane. You need electricians, you know. You right. need construction, and I call him up and I'm crying. He goes, dude, what's going on? And I said, I need you to fire me. You need to fire me. I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to go into a program. I don't want a go back plan. You know. He goes, no, no. no let's talk about this. I'm like, no. You need to fire me. Hey, I'm drinking on the job. Fire me for that there it is. I can't come back. So I got off the phone with him and I called my, uh, my old pastor, uh, pastor Lambrocco. I love her so much. And she's helped me out more. Uh, this, she's amazing. I called her up and I hadn't talked to her in years. And I says, listen, I need you to get me into teen challenge. I knew about teen challenge because of my time in, in the church. And I told her, a little bit, so she started blowing their phone up. And at this point, now I'm like telling everybody, Listen, this is where I'm at. I called your mom, I was like, Listen, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing to try to tell everybody so that I couldn't go back. Um, and then, so they all suggested I go into detox. Which, if anybody that's listening and you're trying to get off alcohol, that's the best decision you can do is go to detox. Uh, benzos and alcohol are the one of only two drugs that can kill you from stop, like from stopping usage. You know, heroin hurts a lot. Crystal meth will make you crazy and you'll see things. But alcohol and benzos, those are the ones that'll kill you. And thank God I went in there. I I, I went in and I, at that time I weighed two hundred and ninety pounds. You were up to two ninety? I was at two ninety. Yeah.
0: Cow. What are you at yeah. now?
1: Uh, right now I am at two twenty. Okay. Yeah, it's my normal weight, two twenty. Uh, but yeah, so uh, and I had to go through the tremors, and I remember like I made a decision. I was like, I'm not drinking anymore, as like because there was a waiting list for the detox because of the hurricane. Everybody was trying to get in, apparently. Apparently, it's a big detox day after the hurricane. <laughs> Makes People sense. People drink a lot, man, during yeah. during that time. Is, uh, is the
0: detox part of Team
1: Challenge? No, no. So there's two detoxes in the area. One is Salus Care. That's the one I went to. It's uh, it's in Fort Myers, and I forget where the other one is. But uh, Salus Care, Care is great. They don't charge you anything. They ask for a hundred dollars, but if you don't have it, you can just go, and they'll um, they'll get you off the safe way. And went in there. I'm having the tremors, and I remember before I went in because I was on a waiting list. Uh, I was scared. I was scared of, of having a seizure or, you know, because I, I was shaking. I was shaking. I'm like, oh, this is sucks. What the heck? This is the first time now I've stopped trying to drink in two years. Like, and it was weird to me that I was like, oh no, what is going on? And so I went, went to the store, I got some more beer and I'm sitting on my couch this is waiting to go to detox. Waiting to go to detox. Okay. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm looking at this beer going, I don't want to drink you. And It was such a weird moment because I, but I was scared. I was like, I probably need to, but I didn't want to screw up my clarity that I was kind of, you know? Yeah. And so and I'm sitting there looking at it, looking at it, looking and all of a sudden the phone rang. It was detox. Hey, we can have you in in three hours. I was like, I'm coming now, and I just threw a bunch of ba- clothes in a bag. Didn't even look at the clothes. Just threw them in there, and then went and waited in the waiting room, just in case anything happens. There was medical people there. Uh, detox was was sucked. I was going to say it was great. It's not great. It sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> detox is a good time.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I met some great people in there, people that were trying to get their lives, you know, right. But, you know, they're serial detox people, people that just, they go out just to get some sobriety and then they go out, use it again and come back. And that's when my emotions really started playing with me. Because remember, I started drinking because of depression. And then I kind of masked it, and so then all of a sudden I'm sober, and I the heavy cloud of emotion over the past two years started hitting me all at once, man. And I was all over the place, up, down, left, right. Uh, alcohol it affects your emotions, so you come off it all of a sudden, ah, feelings, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I remember one of the moments I had in in detox because I was there for four days is I, I, I went into my room and the way the rooms were set up is they have four beds per room. And then there's a shower in the room in order to get hot water in the, in the shower, you got to turn a sink on and then you got to push a button and then hot water will come out for 30 seconds. And then you got to push it every 30 seconds, right? Like jail. And so I'm sitting there on my bed with a book in my hand, but I'm balling. There's nobody in the room and I'm just crying and, you know, sitting cross-legged and just crying, man. Like, what the heck? Where am I at? I was a church going guy. I shouldn't. What the heck? This is my life right now. And this old, old man walks in, you know, he's in detox too. So he gets it. And I am like, Oh my God. And I pick up the book and I'm starting to wipe my, wipe my tears. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And he goes, No, dude, you're cool. I get it. I'm like, No, I. So I went in the sh- went in the bathroom, and I turned the sink on, and I put the shower on, and I started just ah, 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 ah. and then all of a sudden the shower would stop, and so I push it again, and then ah, ah, ah. <laughs> such a miserable state, man.
0: I'm only, I'm only smiling. I feel bad, dude. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> you're my cousin, I'm like you're 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 laughing, so I'm kind of laughing with you. So don't think I'm like. No, no, not at all. I'm telling okay. it in a funny way. Uh, okay, <laughs> but. You I think you as uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> and Anchorman. I'm a glass cage of emotion. Remember that? Yeah,
1: that's exactly the way it was. It was just all. It over was another. a
0: bad idea.
1: <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I—that's the one thing I, I, I've learned just through life is you got to find your humor. Like you're, uh, i was listening to your last podcast, the Smile Guy, the uh, Science of Smile. Oh yeah, who's good? Yeah, so you got to force yourself to smile. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's that's good advice, man. But, so let's
0: let's get back to, to yeah. the detox. So you end up getting out of there?
1: Yeah, so uh in there, you know, I I knew I was going to Teen Challenge. I was just waiting for a bed there. And you know, it's funny because you tell people in detox that you're going to Teen Challenge because there's there's a lot of wonderful programs that you can get into that I learned about while I was in detox. But they're all scared of of Teen Challenge because Teen Challenge is like the hardcore one. That's the one you want to go to if you really want to change. Um, it's hard it has, but it also has a 75% success rate if you complete it, which is head and shoulders above anywhere else.
0: You mean if you complete it, like, they're like, Hey Kevin, you're good to go. You have a 75% chance of staying sober. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
1: They have a, uh, which is like astronomical in the whole scheme of addiction because most of them are like 5%. It's not good. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot of relapses. Yeah and which relapse is a part of it too if you if, if anybody that's listening and you messed up dude you messed up start doing it again you know
0: well i remember being at your grad uh your graduation thing when um you know when you is that what it's called graduation yeah graduation yeah and there was like two other people there that had graduated like you know another time i think mm-hmm. if i remember correctly there was at least one that i know had went through another time and you know is back for back for it again
1: yeah it's called you know. resto so like if you go through the program and you you do mess up and just something happens then they'll actually take you back if you want it's restoration and then uh you know you stay for a little bit and then they can send you on your way or help you out again so what what makes so can we get in the team challenge now? yeah yeah or or do
0: you because dude you first off man uh, hats off to you. Um, because, you know, you, you spilled your guts out here for everyone to see and listen, you know, anyone that's listening to it's going to know what you went through. And I think it's going to have an impact on somebody. And I know in your heart, that's kind of what you're, that's why we, you wanted to do this. That's why you're okay with doing this,
1: right. Cause you want to see that impact somebody, right. Well, it's, it's hard, man, because like I'm on a lot of single dad, uh, pages on Facebook and you know, you see stuff in the news all the time about this dad did this or this mom did this or, and it's hard, man. Divorce sucks. And it's hard. Addiction sucks. Life just sucks sometimes, you know, but it's in those moments, what do we do with it? And, um, I haven't always made the right decisions. But if so, if anybody can learn or even get some kind of hope from this, uh, it gets better. You know, it gets so much better. And, but you got to go through the process. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things I used to say when, my, when I first started going to Teen Challenge is you got to keep your body where your neck is. Or you got to keep your body where your head is. Basically, you can't, well, what if this, what if that? Well, you're thinking too much in the future. Or what happened then? What happened? You're thinking too much in the past. you got to stay right now. And right now, if you're staying so, right now, if you're doing good, you're doing good. Who cares what happened five minutes ago? You're doing good right now. And yeah. It's, go ahead. Well,
0: let's, say, let's get into your teen challenge thing. Though. I want, how long were you in there for? I was uh, a year. I was it's, in, a, it's a year long commitment, right? When you go in there.
1: Yeah. It's a year long program. And, uh, well, they call it a uh, life. Uh, um, oh, see, they're gonna they're gonna kill me for not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a it's a discipleship program, and yeah, but it's a year year long, and I, I describe Teen Challenge. It's one of the it's one of the most amazing places I've ever been to because I just picture it's like the worst summer camp you've ever been to with a bunch of ex-drug addicts and alcoholics that are all getting their life straight and trying to follow after God. It's the craziest dynamic. So you'll have guys that will come in strung out and still detoxing off meth. So they're seeing things. They're, ah, and meth's one of the weirdest things to come off of. If you're on meth, get off it. It gets better. (laughs) I don't know what your Words you're by Kevin, <laughs> if you're on meth, get off of it. Yeah. It's going to be the quote <laughs> and you know, you have that, but then you also had the guys like me, I'm coming off alcohol. I'm freaking out. It was, it was about three months of my emotions going all over the place. And it's during that time that it would have been really easy for me to leave and go drink because you could leave. You don't have to stay. The doors are unlocked. And yeah, like you can leave anytime you want, right? Yeah, it's voluntary. So they they do have some court orders, uh, but yeah, I was I was voluntary. Uh, the reason why sometimes they do court orders is uh, because their reputation is so good and they have such a high success rate. Sometimes if people have drug charges, they'll get sent the teen challenge to deter prison time, and they'll actually it's it's a pretty cool process. I know a couple guys like that. So. So during that during that uh, that time, that whole weird three month thing, I got another f- funny story. I was we have chores in the morning and we have to everybody has a chore. You wake up at six o'clock and you have chore at seven, you gotta be in the chapel at seven twenty. And my chore I had to clean the windows or clean the mirrors. And we all had these closet areas that had to be checked. So the people that are in charge of that room during that time are allowed to go in and check your belongings, make sure you don't have any contraband, make sure it's clean. You know, it's very, it's very rigid. It's almost like a military style thing. And one of the guys is like, well, you know, we're going to do checks one of these days. That's why you never want to have stuff. I'm like, no, don't check my room. I don't have anything. I wasn't keeping anything, but I was so, so anxious and anxiety about everything. I was like, you're not, you're not checking my stuff without telling me. They're so like, well, you don't, that's. What we have to do. We have to check. Nope, you're not touching my stuff. Don't don't touch my stuff. Listen, Kevin, and the nicest guy. He's one of my best friends now. He's is Christian. Amazing person. But he's like, Kevin, I gotta check your like, Don't touch my stuff. And I jump up real quick. This is 6 30 in the morning. Like people you are. Don't, you don't have anything anyways, right? Yeah, I have not I have, I have stuff they gave me. <laughs> it's it's their clothes they gave me and don't touch my stuff and i jump up and i slam the door out of there and i go into the chapel area and i now i'm full-blown anxiety attack and i know it's me it's nobody else but but me and i I get on my knees and i'm, I'm just shaking i'm going oh no and and then i remembered i have a chore i have to do or i'm going to get in trouble <laughs> I'm going to get a, it's, or, you know, write an essay or something so that I, I run back inside and I'm full blown anxiety attack trying to clean a mirror. <laughs> and one of the guys came in, and that's the coolest thing about Teen Challenge, man. It's a brotherhood. He came in and he hugged me. He's like, You'll get through this, man. It's all right. Like, you got to picture this. It's one of the coolest. He hugged me, man. And this is like a gangbanger, like back in the day. He's like, You get through this, man. It's okay. And I did, I did yeah. get through it. Yeah, and you so let's um getting getting a little
0: you're, you got a good story there man and we want to make sure we give the love to teen challenge um you know and, and to you so i would like if you don't mind what advice would you give someone out there that's watching it that has a a family because i think the hardest thing is not someone that's an addict watching you um you know right now i think a lot of correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of it's probably the stress on the family or the spouse or the kids. Would, would you agree? Like where they're like, hey, I know my whoever is an addict
1: and I just, what advice would you give them? Pray. It, you know, the only advice, pray and leave them alone. I know it sounds harsh. It's, you know, your mom, uh, Aunt Claudia had tried to help me out a lot in the beginning, yeah, and 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 it really broke her heart. And the best thing, and I remember she would come to the house, and I had broken the front door, so it didn't have a lock. And I'm at work; I hadn't talked to her in months, so she knocks on the door, and the door just kind of slides open, and the the place is trashed. And she called me, she said, Kevin. What's going on? And it broke her heart. But then she she had to draw a line and my sister had to draw a line and everybody had to draw a line to leave me alone to the point where I had to come to myself, become clarity. And that's the hardest part is, is the parents, they want to love, I'm going to love my kid to sobriety. You can't, you can't, You, you know, sometimes when you love something so much, you're actually keeping them there, you know, you're becoming a parachute for them every time they fall or a or a pillow every time they fall helping them to get back up and help it you're helping them too much you know i was always babied as a kid you know so i'm always used to you know and i'm just so used to that that all of a sudden when you don't have anybody and you and you realize where you're at it's like oh no i need to figure this out you know one of the things they told us in detox which always Stuck with me. He said, Well, why do you want to get sober? I need to get sober for my daughter, I said. And the guy stopped me and he goes, Well, you'll never stay sober. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, Well, did you did you drink around your daughter? Well, yeah. Did she ever stop you before? No. You have to get sober for yourself. You know, and the same flip that with the parents and the family members. They have to get sober themselves. Now Flip side is once they start doing better and you see them do better, you know, for, forgiveness is huge. And yeah, I've walked. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen, you know, firsthand is, and you got to walk through that. But then also, you can't, you know, love them with, oh, and you can't open your arms. Why? Because you still have to be guarded too. You got to set boundaries and, and respect your own boundaries. Because if you don't, then all of a sudden and there it's it's a ploy or it's fate. You gotta you gotta look for some reality. Because the problem with addiction is you start lying to yourself. And and that's the one thing that's always concerned me, even even now, two I've been sober two and a half years. Is even now I'm always concerned, am I lying to myself? and uh, did I actually do good today? Okay, so let me, you know, and because you what can happen is sometimes through addiction or just anybody, you start lying to yourself and I can have one more drink. I'm okay now. I can do this one time. I can go do this. I can hang out with that old friend. I can go to that old bar or old restaurant. Even you, you can't, don't lie to yourself.
0: Mm. Dude, I, that's kind of, but what wild advice. So, and I, and I know, you know, or I know you're, you're right on it because you know so much more about it than I do, but like, man, the the letting go, like just you know, you love your kid, but they got to hit rock bottom. Eey, whoosh, man, that's a hard to swallow. Man, as a parent,
1: it is, It it you is know? really hard. And I and me, and I'm not saying I'm,
0: you're wrong, I'm mean, I, I know you're right on it. It's just got to be, pray to God, we never go through that, any of that, but like, got to be so hard, man.
1: You, so you know, and I have a little four year old, I couldn't imagine you know, being in some of the parent's shoes. Right. You know, yeah. but from speaking to the way Teen Challenge is set up, it's a lot of God-based conversations mm-hmm. where basically you're just having conversations about everything. That's the one prevailing thing every single person always said is, you know, you actually help them into it, you know, and why well, don't want them to die on the street? Well then then if you got to stop you know and it is hard
0: what if um what if someone and and we gotta get this wrapped up here but what if what if someone's watching this right now and they are just your story you're telling they're living it now and they realize they need to make a change right so like they're having your moment of clarity so like what do you tell (coughs) excuse me what do you tell that person? Like well, what,
1: what's their next step, man? What do they need to do? Tell a sober friend. Tell a sober friend. Tell a sober family member your state. This is where I'm at. And because what happens then is that you're ruining a lie. What's a lie? It's something that's in the dark. You know, as soon as you expose light to the darkness, it no longer becomes darkness, it's light. So you got to expose it. Listen, I'm an alcoholic. I, you know, I, I've been I've been taking taking too much heroin. I'm I'm a heroin addict, you know. And it's tell people, and it's okay, and and there's a lot of fear in that. Number two, is go to a detox. I can't express to you enough how good a detox is. It's gonna suck, but it's good. Uh, sometimes people want to weaken. How how well it works? Yes. Yeah. Right. You said these guys are like to go going to Disney World or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's because what happens is is people try to wean themselves off. And yeah. oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna drink a little bit less. It, yeah. it won't work. You're still drinking. And then it's gonna go for about a week and then all of a sudden you're gonna kick back up again. You know? It's it, go to a detox. And there's yeah. and you know whether it's suicide, addiction, there's so many good programs in this area that if you go to anywhere in Lee Memorial Health System or any hospital and you tell them, hey, I'm a drug addict trying to get off drugs or I'm suicidal, I'm ha- contemplating suicide, they'll, they'll help you out. They'll bring you in the hospital, they'll give you a room for a couple of days, they'll evaluate you, and they'll send you to the certain programs for free, uh, which I think is cool and not many people know. It, it, there is a way out. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, there's a way out. You know, you're not, you're going to feel like you're in prison. And if you feel like you're in prison, dude, I get it. I was there. It sucks. But there's a way out and there's freedom. Yeah. I've been sober now two and a half years and it's like night and day. I, I'm i in a beautiful, I'm in a beautiful, thank you. I'm in a beautiful two bedroom, two bath townhouse. And I, I got my job back. Thank God. And I'm building, I've continued to build trust there now to where, you know, they, they gave me a work van that I can drive home and there's so much more trust. And then there's appreciation there. I-, I can tell from anybody that used to know me because you got a story now and people love a comeback story. And it's, yeah. Yeah, you know, Do
0: so, hey man, hats off to you, Kevin. Um, you know, I think the world of your buddy and uh, you know, cousin, I-, I love you, man. I'm glad to see and have been super proud of you, dude, for everything you've been doing. Uh, you know, you're killing it as a dad out there, man. I, I see you. And, you know, good to see you face to face on holidays, be the dad, right? And uh, yeah. so keep it up, bro. I'm going to put the teen challenge stuff. Oh, well, you
1: got something? Go ahead. Bro, that was it. That was it. I was going to tell a phone number, but if you're going to put it up. Then... Well, go ahead and say it in case someone listens on the audio. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the, the men's center for a teen challenge is 239 275 one nine seven four and that's actually the women's center too uh and teen challenge is actually in pine manor which is a f- funny place for it to be but it works wonders so um in, i don't have, yeah it's in five six four six seventh avenue uh, so even if you go there and fill out paperwork they'll they can take you into so
0: yeah and i'll put their um their phone number and contact stuff uh into the uh, post as well. So Kevin, bro, appreciate you, man. I, I, uh, I thank you. I hope this has some impact on some people out there for you and I wish you nothing but continued success, dude. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Anything else? You good? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. You too, man. See you. Thank you for listening to the heartbeat show podcast.